Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. Happy holidays. Hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. And you're looking forward eagerly to a 2022. <laughs> I don't know. It's all in your state of mind. But, you know, all we can do is the best we can do. And along those lines here on The Common Sense Show, you know, which we have the reputation for freeing America one enslaved mind at a time, we like to bring on guests that are going to give you an action plan to deal with these terrific and really almost crippling challenges. But if you navigate these challenges one at a time and have a plan, you can come out the other side looking pretty darn good. And and I just want to remind everybody, in the 1929 Depression, there were more millionaires created per capita during those 10 years than at any other time in our history. So you look at that here, crisis means opportunity. So let's approach these problems with that in mind that we're going to talk about problems, but we're also going to talk about opportunity. And here to help us with that is Robert Kudla. So, Bob, welcome to the show. Happy holidays to you, my friend. I hope you guys had a great Christmas. Uh, we did. Thanks, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Oh, great to have you, but <laughs> my goodness, we thought things were complicated at the end of last year. And <laughs> little did we know what this year would hold. And uh, economically, the world is just in absolute turmoil. And there's so many things I have written down here on my show page. I just feel like I got to ask you, where, where do we start? Well, I mean, I think we have to start with the 800 pound gorilla. And that is that is inflation. But more importantly, it's it's core inflation. Mm hmm. And one of the things that, and look, you and I have been talking, I don't know, four or five years now. And one of the things that I always said is that what stops the Fed from enabling an, a, a prolific Congress and president is when food and energy costs become intolerable. And we're at that point. And now it's number one concern of all Americans. A plurality of Americans actually want Congress to change hands from Democrat to Republican. And I don't mean this from a uh, from I'm a homer. It's, it's just that people are that frustrated and they, they're putting it onto the, the political class that you created this mess. And so now we're in a situation where these things aren't easy to uh, unbed. So, you know, everybody said, well, the Fed can just raise interest rates and kill it. Well, yes and no. Because right now we don't control, we don't control our destiny like we used to. So, you know, we have basically worldwide markets in oil and we have world natural gas and we have worldwide markets in food now. And so America used to be relatively immune to those kind of pushes and pulls. But, you know, um, and you've talked about this before on my show and on the others is that, you know, we have now foreign entities controlling the production of of food after the farm. So the Brazilians own our beef market, the Chinese are big in our our pork market. We have foreign ownership now coming into our grain markets and our chicken market. So so they want to export. The reason why they bought in is so they can suck the food out of the United States. Until politicians stop the exporting, we're gonna have we're gonna be now subject to national international pricing of food. And food has always been higher everywhere else in the world except the United States. So that's going to be embedded. Energy is an international market. And if you notice, we've been lower on natural gas in Europe because of the games 
the, basically the Europeans shot themselves in the head and the Russians now are having fun with it. But if you've noticed that our our liquefied natural gas now is being, uh, our natural gas is being liquefied and being sent out of the country and it's heading to Europe because Europe natural gas is five times what it is in the U.S. So that's going to raise natural gas costs here in the U.S. above and beyond what it ought to be normally, except the export market is going to make it more expensive. And then you got shipping costs that nobody controls except for the ship owners, and they're going to stay elevated for the year. And we have choke points with the Longshoremen Union and the and the California uh, government in terms of what comes in. And Seattle, remember, the liberals control these ports, so they they have choke points on what comes into the country. So exports are going to be more expensive too. So we're kind of. We're kind of embedded. The Federal Reserve can raise rates till they're blue in the face, and all they're going to do is they're going to kill what I call the non-essential businesses, things that you want to have but you don't need for survival because you're, you're spending all your money on the things you have to have. Can you give an so example that's, that's, of what you're talking about with those commodities? Yeah, so you, look, you know, uh, food prices are going to be high. Energy prices are going to be high. Uh, um, commodities that you um, like lumber is notice lumber came right back up again uh, electrical wiring right uh, all the things that go into the Green New Deal cars right the electric vehicle if you saw in Finland $22,000 or euros to replace a battery in a, in a Tesla when it goes out wait till people spend $100,000 on a Tesla and in seven years, they got to pay twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars to replace the battery Ooh. in a Tesla. People are going to be sick to their stomachs, and they don't even know this is coming. And so that's what I'm talking about: the have-to-haves, and then the nice-to-haves. Is that, you know what? I can't take that trip. You know, um, I can't go ahead, and we're not going to put the kids in private baseball. Uh, and I can't get that massage, chiropractor. I'm going to have to deal with the bad back. You know, all those kind of things. You know, that you go running around and just getting right you, Americans love to be able to have that little extra change to go get uh, going out to eat is going to be problematic already now I'm choking on it myself and I have money right but you know you go out to eat you and the wife oh you know, my gosh it's a hundred dollars I'm like a hundred dollars and I'm getting a freaking hamburger you know what I mean oh, I, know. And, I know it's terrible you know, they, well, they throw a little garlic oil on it oh okay I'm, I'm in there but, are restaurants know, Bob that I'm seeing their prices on their main courses have gone up hundred percent yeah and it's a problem and so all those guys are gonna be in trouble when you can't afford to eat you're, you're not gonna go out to eat okay so so that's what I mean by that and this is just starting to I want to say it's starting to creep in I think it, it hit right away is now but even people who were given the um, administration to benefit that and look I don't want to put all this on Biden you know this is equal opportunity disaster by the political class right so Biden's just, he just, you know, he probably wish he probably wouldn't have ran for president because his, his, his legacy is going to suck. And probably he only owns about 40% of it. He's just inept and he can't, he can't work his way out. And so, um, so now he's Jimmy Carter. And, and now we're going to go through Jimmy Carter. So I tell people all the time, you, know, you use the 29 analogy. We'll probably get to the 29 analogy, but we're going to go through 1974 to 1979 first. And the thing about it, it took five years for what's going to happen in one year, Dave. We're going to go from hyperinflation to the Fed overreacting, and we're going to get like a combo 
1938 kind of reaction in the market, which is down 40%. Okay, and uh, and food prices will still be high because guess what? Global warming isn't global warming. We're getting global cooling. If I mean, I live out here in California. You live in the West as well. Look, we already went from it's going to be a drought La Nina year. That's what they predicted. That's why you can't listen to these clowns. Drought, drought, drought. We're at 130% of snowfall total for the entire year for snowpack. And we're getting another storm tonight. And they said the, 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 the weather patterns were going to shift west to east where we go dry, they go cold, wet. Well, guess what? They said it's going to stay for another week. So we'll get another storm. And, you know, we may end up with 100 feet of snow on top of the Sierras. And we get in a situation. Remember that one dam that was going to blow up? The, the Oroville ago? Dam, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, or we may we may see some of that again, too. So so that's kind of what is going on. That's the 800-pound gorilla, okay? And then while I'm still monologuing, the 600-pound gorilla <laughs> is basically nobody is believing nobody's believing what I would call the health-related stuff anymore. So that that's going to end. And then people are going to be faced now with, that's no longer an excuse. So so then they're gonna look at the politicians and say, okay, you've leaned on this for two years and you can't fix my problem. And so I think the political, the people are gonna be very angry at the political class. So we're gonna have turmoil on top of it all. Well, we're seeing more we're seeing. Uh, approaching uh, uh, lockdowns in the blue states and the people are resisting like crazy. Um, in fact, New York yeah. has actually put in a uh, provision. You can go to jail for a year if you fake a vaccine card, and they just passed this. So yeah, and, you can the, kill the, somebody, get out with no bail, but don't yeah, don't yeah. show fake backs. <laughs> oh, I, I I know I know I hear I hear what you're saying, and and the bottom line is is the the people are just sick of going through the crap. It doesn't matter how right uh, Fauci or anybody else is or how wrong. It doesn't matter. People are weary of how their lives have been turned upside down. And we couldn't have managed the crisis any worse with, with the lockdowns. I mean, Bob, explain one thing to me, looking back retrospectively, just for a second at the lockdowns. You had essential, and you've used this term in this interview, essential businesses and non-essential businesses. I know small businessmen that were forced to shut down that did some of the same things the box stores do, but they didn't get the benefit of being able to stay open, and they would have done street curb, you know, distribution, taking all the precautions. Why, do you have any idea what they were thinking when they did this crap and ruined small business? Yeah, I think, look, I think they wanted to, I think they wanted to thread the needle, Dave. They knew if they went total lockdown, the American people would just would have rioted immediately. You know what I mean? You're not putting us all in, in our homes with nothing. So they had to start carving out all these exceptions, right? Yeah, that's true. And so, so that's what they did. And you look, and guess what? The big box stores have lobbyists. The little box stores do not. True. That's a good point. So, yeah. And look, look, we all know now it's a joke, right? So we don't have to belabor that because there's so many exceptions to every rule. And you know, even within the government, you know, there's they have so many exceptions that I'm just surprised a lot of this stuff didn't get up to the courts faster. I think people in the beginning, I would say year one, people were generally scared. They didn't know what they didn't know. And then the government just kept doubling down on the lies. I mean, even at this point now, Israel's like saying, I don't know if we're, yeah. let's slow down on the fourth jab because. Yeah, we got to be is... careful where we go with that, though. Yeah. We don't want to yeah. violate any terms of service. But let's just suffice it to say 
people are weary of being they're held done. in the same place and a return to lack of normalcy. Yeah, they're done. And that's yeah. what, that was my whole point. They're done. It, that's over. It's, they, they should have called this the, um, not the Omicron, they should have called it the Omega because it's the end. Yeah, and, I, uh, I agree. There's going to be a solution here somewhere. Um, yeah, but anyway, turning back to these economic forces here, I wanted to ask you, um, I read an analysis of something, and I wanted to run this by you because you can print anything. But this article was saying the inflation rate listed by the government is 7 point something percent. But if you use the same CPI factors they used in 1972 to today, the inflation rate would be over 15%. Yeah, I agree with that. In fact, it's easy to tell because um, you just have to look at uh, rent prices. Rent prices probably within one standard deviation tracks inflation the best. Yeah. And rent prices are at 16.5%. Wow, that that's pretty close. Yeah, that's pretty close to that fifteen percent figure, and I know that you know because we're on the run a lot and we're traveling a lot and we're going to see relatives and so forth, and so we're out getting gas and eating out and the increase in prices. Like I said, this one restaurant we were in, they've had a hundred percent increase in their main dishes. I mean, what was nine dollars is now eighteen dollars. Yeah, and and I think they're taking advantage of people too because if you look at the if if I always look at what I can buy, like at a Gelson's. Gelson's like our high-end store, and what I would pay if I went to a restaurant and had them cook it for me. You know, it's usually like a two-for-one at high-end store, and and they're selling stuff at basically four-to-one now. So I think they're the restaurants are now are, are they know people are expecting higher prices, and I think you're starting to see some, some some gouging in there. Yeah, I think and, you're right. And, and I think that's going to start. I mean, look, when you when you get a hamburger and and fries and they throw some garlic on it and you know it's it's thirty five dollars, you know what I mean? And <laughs> and when it costs them eight to make it, you know. So I just think you're starting to see see a lot of that taking place. But to me, that just all feeds into things, and um, and so you know the inflation is embedded and. But there's opportunities where to make money on this stuff. So, Dave, so I, I tend to, the way I look at the world personally is I can't do much about those things other than, you know, watch what I spend. So I just look how I can, and it sounds crass, but I look how do I, how do I take advantage of it? Because I can't, I can't stop it. I'm not being immoral if I buy it, right? So, uh, going into 2022, I, I like to share three areas where people can make money right away. Let's do that. And, and um, before I do it, I'll do a quick plug on us, if you don't mind. If you go to tradelikeagenius.com, we put seven bundles together. Okay, stock, cryptocurrency, we're having a beautiful day on alts today. Um, you, we, we can teach you how to day trade. And we have this training course. It's 65% off, pre-discounted. You can still use promo code CHRISTMAS. Um, and it's good till the first at, at the end of the... Um, end of the evening on the first so take advantage of this and if you just want to pick and choose in the store you can do uh, um, the promo code Christmas and those things are are discounted 40% but if you take the bundle you don't have to worry about a promo code pre-discount it what yeah. we've done Dave is that we've created a series of really effective algorithms and we have we've expanded on those this past month and we added a features to our 
our ribbon system called the Ripper, which basically, uh, you know, the, the ribbon system gives you good choice cut trades. The Ripper identifies the prime cuts, okay? And then we went ahead and we boxed and visualized now our algorithm called the range trader. So actually our algorithm will show you if, if the market's in buy the dip mode or sell the rip mode on any stock you want or crypto you want to pick. So you get all that with the system plus the chat room, plus we teach you how to use it so you can pick and choose whatever trades you want to take. And then we give trades out every day. So that's what we do. It's a really good system. We price things that it's affordable and you'll be able to ROI what, what we give you right away. Now, that's our pitch. That's good. So going into 2022, areas that you want to buy is that you want to be into the fertilizer stocks, number one. Okay, companies like MOS or IPI or CF. You can look at what ones you like the best in that area. They all go through a seasonal burst here. Fertilizer prices are sky high. The prices <laughs> of these stocks have not reflected the new pricing going into the spring. So you're going to get a good guy. Silver, believe it or not, long-suffering silver people is that we should be getting a move in January and February in the silver prices. And then food stocks, companies like Kroger and so on and so forth, they're going to move with food prices because they do very well in inflation because they buy things, hold them for a month, and sell them. Yeah. So they're going to get a natural bid in cash flow just, just because they're holding inventory. And then the final area is that, you know, I'm a big guy on uranium. Mm -hmm. And so um, so you want to look at uranium stocks. And, and because I know we're going to talk about Turkey here in a minute. So countries that can't produce enough energy and can't produce enough food are going to be failed states. So you're looking at countries like India and China are rapidly trying to expand their nuclear. The United Kingdom's going nuclear completely. They want to go totally internal energy uh, creation with renewables and uranium. I mean, nuclear, which requires uranium. And so those are the areas I think you could do really well with. There'll be other commodities here and there. Copper will probably go up, steel will probably go up, iron will probably go up. But those are the areas that are, what I would say, are immune to the Federal Reserve, unless the Federal Reserve goes absolutely batshit crazy and raises interest rates. And then we'll have a whole new set of trades when they start doing that. I kind of think the Federal Reserve might raise interest rates because that's a way to cool down inflation is to make the money hard to get. And I've, I've, I think I've, I silenced you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't think that's going to happen? Okay, I got the answer. Oh, there we go. You did. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm here talking to myself. Okay. It's, it's not often, folks, that I can keep Dave Hodges quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay. All right. I'm going to ignore that little slight there but uh, and then get into this question I have because I think um, that, well, historically, the Fed has raised interest rates to keep inflation under control. Do you think they're going to depart from that strategy? No, I think they're they're going to follow their normal script, but they, you know, but I think they're going to quickly realize is that they've created they've created embedded inflation and that 
you know, it's one thing to raise interest rates to kind of cool the animal spirits in the real estate market, but you have you have you have three areas that are are not susceptible, you know, as for 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 changes in cost of interest, right? Mm -hmm. Food, energy, and healthcare are now embedded costs. Healthcare is demographic, right? Number one, and number two is energy. We don't control that. And number three is food, and we don't control that either to an extent anymore because, you know, you're looking at look at Brazil today. They're 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 for two years in a row. Brazil and Russia are the kind of swing markets in grains. They're suffering again, and so if you don't have a surplus out there, I don't care. You know, Powell can raise interest rates to 100%. Food prices aren't coming down, and so um, and it, what it'll do is it'll kill the farmer so they can't buy equipment or they can't buy fertilizer which make food prices go up even higher so it's kind of like a, a giffen good right so you know you expect a positive correlation and you get a you get a negative correlation instead and that's what's going to happen with food prices so um that's why these idiots kept talking about eating bugs they look these guys know what's happening i hate when people say the federal reserve doesn't know what's going on they know exactly what's going on they just can't ever admit it because once they admit it, panic sets in. They have talked about, uh, in fact, they're borrowing from the World Economic Forum initially. And what they said was, in the future, you'll consume aquatics, uh, fake lab meat, and it's just disgusting when you look at it. And yep. then, uh, what was it, aquatics, fake lab meat, bugs, and plants. Yeah, because they know. And I mean, uh, and look at, look, at, they. They, they they set the problem up in Europe with natural gas. I mean, what a disaster. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how pissed off people are in Europe. I have European clients. They're beside themselves. I You know, they're simply beside themselves. I mean, people are going to die this winter in, in Europe. Russia dialed down their exports to Europe to 5% of their capacity. Oh, my. You know, we're pumping. I mean, we're sending we're sending tanker after tanker after tanker of liquid liquefied natural gas into Europe right now, just because it's profitable, and uh, and it, we're stealing it from Asia. So it's really interesting. So Asia and Europe now are competing for American natural gas. Is there a point where Biden has to say "Uncle" and reopen things like the Keystone Pipeline to meet this demand? I don't know about the Keystone Pipeline, but I have a customer who actually works in the oil industry. And he just got back. He just shot a note in the chat room today. He said, hey, guys, I'm just back from the oil fields. He said, we are pumping oil now at a higher rate than we did under Trump right now. Interesting, huh? And prices are not coming down, Dave. <clears throat> Even with an increased supply? Yeah, scary, huh? Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Supply and demand. Okay, you're yeah, taking well, me to the limits demand. of my economic knowledge. but Yeah, you... demand is going up, too. Okay, all right. <laughs> Well, of course, Kamala said we'll be out of our cars by 2030. And I know that that's kind of off what we're talking about, but we've touched on that square. Do you think that's true? Do you really think they're really going to have us out of our cars by 2030? I, I think if a Republican takes over in 24, all that gets killed for as long as Republicans in power. I think what's going to happen is we're going to be able, we're going to see a restocking cycle in renewables and in, in auto batteries. And I think people's jaws are going to drop because people will not be able to afford to, to, to put a new battery in a Tesla. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. That's going to be their big challenge. But 
doesn't uh, innovation and mass production hold the key to bringing that price down? Uh, for new batteries, no. Prices are going up on everything. Remember, it's copper, cobalt, oh, lithium. Uh -huh, okay. All that stuff's going up in price. Yep. So that's why I always said, look, I'm more of a hydrogen guy than an electric vehicle guy. You're going to see probably hydrogen. See, the United Kingdom, really interesting what they're doing. So, you know, um, uh, when the United Kingdom has what I call enlightened self-interest, okay? So they're going totally nuclear. The reason why they're going nuclear, they want to create hydrogen. They said, we want to be the, we want to be the cutter, the gutter of hydrogen because they know in Europe, you can't have electric vehicles. You have to have hydrogen because people, you can't put charging stations everywhere, okay? And with a hydrogen economy, you can produce you can produce natural gas, you can produce fertilizer. If you just go totally electric, you can't produce the plastics and the fertilizers and the hydrocarbons. Okay, what you can do with with natural gas. Okay, and that's what that's what that's what United Kingdom's going to do. So you watch uh, hydrogen. I call it the hydrogen economy. The electric economy is going to bridge the hydrogen economy, Dave. Mark my words. We'll talk about this in five years. What will the What do you see as the transition piece for that to happen? Uh, I think when we produce, when we start producing enough excess electricity from high, from um, from nuclear power plants, you'll start you, seeing it. You would think a state like the one you live in, California, that Newsom would be all over this, since they have roving blackouts and all these other issues that are related to what we're talking about. Why wouldn't they embrace this on their own? Because because progressives like to punish people and control people, so it's not it's never about how can we do the best for the people. Um, yeah, it's always about how can I control the people. It was a naive remember, question. Yeah, I agree. We're idiots. Okay. Yep. yep. Yeah, we're we're like we're like a Labrador and they're the. <clears throat> they they um, I, I agree. Just looking at it from straight common sense and logic, that would be the thing to do, and and that would make. A politician wildly popular i mean with the, with the people because they you're go gonna oh. see, you're gonna see desantis deploy that for his run for president and he will be president you watch you know what you're saying exactly what i said two days ago and i got taken to task for it you trump won't be president i, I think he served his purpose he turned the economy around in those three years but i see desantis having a more solid base and he's actually more presidential i don't know how you feel about him but but no. he, you don't have to worry about knee-jerk reactions on Twitter, which are embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Look, here's my view on it: is is um, um, look, I like I like Trump, but there's a big demographic that could never pull the trigger for Trump. Okay, and that's why they went with Biden, and Biden now lost those people because of critical race theory and because of COVID crap. Correct. Okay, and crime. So the last thing these people are going to do is embrace Trump again. So DeSantis comes along. He says, I'm all the things you love about Trump, but I'm none of the things you hate about Trump. And that's going to be his pitch. And he's always – he's just solutions-oriented. And he knows how to argue without belittling you, okay? Mm -hmm. yep. And I think that's the only thing about Trump that I never liked. I didn't mind I didn't mind having Nebuchadnezzar take over, right? Because, um, you know, but at this point now, you know, we need a David, Okay. And and I think, I think the American people are now are just tired of, 
of people who are just uh, polemic and rhetorical, and they want somebody who's going to come in there and say, look, I ran one of the biggest states. I navigated through COVID, okay? And I have solutions for the American people, and I'm happy to reach across the aisle where it makes sense. But here's my goals, and this is what we're going to focus on. And I'm not going to get into the into the name calling and all this other stuff. And I think the other thing that that really hurt Trump was his final interview he did with Candace Owens. I think people feel a little bit betrayed, okay? Because Trump's trying to resurrect his legacy. He's not thinking about the future. Yeah, I hear you. And I, I, and, I, hear and you. I don't want to get into all the details of that, as you know why, because those are trigger words. But I think a lot of people kind of reacted negatively to that, and and I think people are ready to move on. <clears throat> Yeah, and, and we have a willing base willing to join a, a, a candidate that can galvanize the people. And here's what I'm specifically referring to. I did a podcast uh, late last week, and I talked about the shift in Hispanic voting, uh, yeah. the millennials, and um, the the uh, independents. And they've all experienced roughly right around that 50% mark shift in party allegiance. It's incredible how much shift has gone on in one year. Yeah, yeah. look, I mean... Um... I'm a blended family, so we have we have Hispanic in our family, and uh, and you know, surprise, surprise, people, they want the same thing white people do. <laughs> yeah. And do you mean you're actually saying people are people, and we're not listening to the idiots out of the NEA? Well, they're actually rolling up into into wealth here, yeah. right? So, yep. um, I consider Hispanics like the Eastern Europeans of the '40s. You know, all their kids now are like us, right? So. You know, we rolled out of the row home. We rolled out of the poor neighborhoods like I did into a nice, nice life. Right. So these kid people are rolling out of Garden Grove and they're coming down to Orange County. And the last thing they want to do is now start competing again with a bunch of new poor people. You know, I hear you. And, and they hate the crime. They want the good life. You know, they, they and these people work damn hard and their family and their and their, their patriarchal. So. So all this woke stuff is kind of like the the exact the answer I got with it was hilarious. <clears throat> so when all this stuff was going down, and they had all this stuff going on with the rioting, I went down to my bagel shop, which is owned by three Mexican guys, and I said, "What do you think of somebody else?" That I was just listening. What do you think of all this stuff going on? And they talked to they said to the guys that we don't have time for that crap. We're working, mm, and I think that you. summed it up perfectly. You know, and uh, and I think that's what's going to carry sway. Look, look at Virginia. Virginia is a microcosm of everything. And the guy who's a spokesperson for the mayor of D.C. Okay, she's super liberal. He was, he's he's a black Hispanic. So you know, basically he's African but lived in Puerto Rico, I think. And uh, and he said he goes, I switched to the Republican Party. I voted for Yunkin. And he said, he said why? He said immigration. He said, it's insane what we're doing. We're killing our, our neighborhoods, our Hispanic neighborhoods. You're killing us with this immigration. You're, you're putting us back 20 years. He said, this is not how you do it. And so, and I think he probably speaks for a lot of people, which is amazing. I mean, he gave up a, he gave up a, a shoe-in job and he literally quit and flipped parties, okay? Yeah. Before yeah. everybody else thought it was going to happen. So I... I I think we're seeing that more and more. Well, we are. Yeah, we well, are. 23 Democrats are not running for re-election, and they're not all 80 years old. Yeah. No. Yeah, everywhere there's, re there's resistance. They're not doing it. Yeah, I, look, we're having a sea change here. 
you know, um, you know, one thing the only the only show I watch on TV is is like I, I, I watch Tucker because I think he I think he, he asks good insight questions and stuff. Whether you agree with him or not, that's irrelevant. He just asks good questions and he has a, a lot of different people on. He says something I totally agree with. That's probably why I like it. He said, you know, four years ago we thought the Republican Party was going to die in a demographic wave of Democrats, and what we're seeing now is maybe the end of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I agree with that too. It, it is because I see the internal shifts going on. But I mean, if you just look at human nature, Bob, I mean, forget race in socioeconomics, people fundamentally want the same thing. They want to live in safety. They want to have enough to eat. They want their kids to have some promise for the future. And they want to be left alone by an, a potentially oppressive government. We all share that. It crosses all domains and that's not happening. I mean, defund the police. Yeah, go to the shop owner in Atlanta and ask him, do you want to defund the police? And they're going to say, hell no. Yeah, look, I think, you know, these these progressive, I think I think they were drinking their own Kool-Aid, Dave, and they thought they could, they thought they could, they, they could do whatever they want and they keep enough control to be able to drive a permanent, basically, rupture in the United States system. And they found out the United States system has self-healing capabilities beyond their ability to destroy it. That's a well-said statement. I'm going to steal that from you. That's Say that again, Bob. That's outstanding. Oh, that the Democratic, the progressive movement thought that they could do whatever they want with these policies and have enough, maintain enough power to rupture the United States, basically changing it forever. But they, they didn't realize the United States has self-healing properties that are that are more powerful than their ability to destroy it. And I'll, I'll explain why and how it works. It's amazing. Our, our forefathers were brilliant in their thinking is that we set up an environment, we're not parliamentarian, so we have basically minority rights, but we also have state rights, but even beyond that, we have county rights. You know, people say, where's the power in the United States? It's with the sheriff and the DA. Yes. And you can see it good and bad Okay, when one of them's in, when the other guys are in power, okay, the DA has the power, okay, to to inflict punishment and pain upon a, upon us a, a county, and the sheriff has the ability to agree or disagree with the mandates given to them, okay, and so you have a situation now. I'll use California as an example and New York as an example. They put these crazy mandates down. The sheriffs, almost almost all the sheriffs in in in, the, in California said, we don't have time for that nonsense. We're not going to be chasing down store owners, okay? Yeah, even, York, even in L.A. Right, even in L.A. I mean, I went to SoFi Stadium, and they didn't even care about you know, a Vax card or anything. They waved you right in. People weren't wearing masks and walking by L.A. County sheriff people left and right, no problem. But my point is we're, we, we still have such a diffused – power structure United States, it's like shooting a bullet into jello, okay? And and so you got a rupture where the bullet goes in, but then the jello folds back underneath itself. That's why the Democrats are so, so, so intent all the time on trying to federalize everything and centralize everything. They want to be able to break that bond, but they simply can't because the power of geography. And so we should thank God every day that the guys who created this constitution did so and and 
and it's it's going to get us out of this crisis as well. What what do you think of Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema? Oh, I think they're practical. Yeah. So Joe Manchin is basically a Republican that's sitting in the catbird seat as a Democrat. He gets to control the entire agenda. Okay. <laughs> and Cinema wants to keep her job. And also Mark, uh, what's his name? Um, Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly. He's out there now yakking away about all the things he's doing across the aisle. Okay. He knows that his he could be the shortest term senator. And same with the guys in Georgia. When they have those elections for those two seats coming up, I think Mark Kelly and the, uh, uh, I think it's the, the black senator from Georgia, I forget his name. They're both running this time. Uh, you're going to have Herschel Walker take his seat from yep, him. I agree. And I'm not sure who's running in Arizona. Uh, you know more than I would. I think they're going to lose the seat in Arizona too. So Cinema, she's just being smart. And you know what they did to Simina and uh, Samina and, and Manchin? The, the, the Republican activists, I mean, the activists belittled them. You saw Manchin said, hey, even if I want to vote for this stuff, you, you've now threatened my family. And he called Schumer up and said, what are you thinking? I told you not to do this. Now, you think he's ever going to do anything for them? Never. So I wouldn't be surprised if Manchin, if, if at some point flips to the Republicans, okay, and uh, uh, because the writing's on the wall, and even Samina might too. She's pretty moderate as, as Democrats go. But there's four others too. You know, the senator from Montana uh, is one. I think there's one up in Wisconsin, if not mistaken. And there's one other one. Um, they said there's five Democratic senators that are are basically on the bubble. You know, like Manchin and Samina. I, I don't know. If, yeah. I, mean, I don't really follow it too much, but I know there's five. Well, I, I can tell you this though. There's a lot of Republicans. Uh, both in the Senate and the House, who are rhinos. They're, they're Democrats in wolf's clothing. Um, and Murkowski in Alaska voting against her own state's best interest for energy. I mean, what a joke she is. Yeah, yeah, she won't keep her job. But, um, yeah, I, I don't get it. I think a lot of this stuff, see, that's the other thing, too. A lot of people felt they had to vote against Trump. Okay. And, and you know, and there's also these go-along, get-along people. But you know we can't we can't underestimate the power of blackmail. Too, you know why is Trump babbling on about he's pro this and pro that stuff now? Because who knows? Maybe somebody's showing him pictures, right? Yeah, I so hear you. I don't. I hear you. Yeah, so you know, I think there's a lot of that going on too. No, that's I'll tell you. Those of us on my side of the fence in the media, we have had those discussions privately, okay. and I have to tell you, I don't know that anyone knows anything definitive. But we're seeing some statements come out of Trump that are troubling to me, very troubling. Yeah, I want yeah. to go back to your list of four things real quick. Um, you talked about fertilizer, silver, food, and uranium as playing a factor in what's coming. And I wanted to ask you about a couple questions with this. One is silver. You said that silver is about ready to increase and the shift is coming. Is that the correction because the typical gap between silver and gold doesn't exist? Um, you know, I don't, you know, right now at this point, that thing's so broken for so long that we don't, don't know what's going on. But what's going to happen, Dave, is when people start, they've been shorting silver, um, basically taking that cash and then buying the, uh, the FANG stocks. So when this thing unwinds, they're going to have to buy back those short positions in silver as they're closing their FANG stocks. So it's more of a derivative play. But we also go into there's going to be there's some supply and demand issues there, but there's going to be rebalance in the derivative markets that are going to drive. 
I'm already long uh, AG. I'm looking to get long another silver stock, but I'm really nervous because I've I've not been able to get a trend started in silver. So I'm, I've been blown out of these trades a lot. Sometimes it's making money, sometimes not making money in silver. So I'm a little is I'm a little Missouri on it right now. So, but we're going into a cycle now where it looks pretty washed out. Our algorithms are screaming at us. You know, trust me, this is the move now. So, um, so this trade so far has been working out. But I'm going to go full bore once I see uh, it starting making higher highs. So that's what silver is to me. And um, gold will go along with it, but silver is the one that's super, super undervalued. What about Bitcoin as a landing spot for failed fiat currencies? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we didn't talk about that. That's a given. So um, Bitcoin has held a uh, higher low from this, this move to a new high. And so it should be cycling up going into 2022. The alts that are going with it are, are skyrocketing. You know, looking up, looking at Solana, it's up 25% in the last month. So it, it rolled back down to 155. Is at 202? Matic, I think, is making or is making all-time highs now. Mana is moving. Okay, Bitcoin is back to almost 52,000. And remember, Dave, it doesn't take much of a spark because the supply is so limited. For this thing, for these things to squirt like toothpaste tubes. So, we trade our algorithm on these as well, and uh, uh, and so we have a whole series of algorithms just for crypto. So yeah, so I'm pro crypto. I'm pro. I buy every week. Okay, I still have not gotten my full position, so I keep buying until I I do so. But yeah, it's absolutely the off ramp to banking problems. Then maybe next time we talk in the beginning of the month, we could talk China banking because that's going to help drive it. Yeah, well, going back to Turkey and you called it the canary in in the in the mine so to speak. Um, and you said that their Federal Reserve is going to accept crypto. I, yep. I think I think all the fiat currency nations which is really everybody is going to have to do the same thing. I think crypto is going to enjoy a, an incredible boom. Not that it won't come back to earth at some point, but I think in the short term crypto is going to really explode. Yeah, look, here's how I look at it, Dave. Um, you know, I, I trade for a living, but you have to build a position in Bitcoin. You have to build a position in silver, okay? And, and you have to um, build position in, in the food and energy space. Mm -hmm. So the, those are have-tos. Um, and, and that's where the money's going to flow. That's where big money's going to go when they get scared. And, and that's where you're going to make the money. When so, you talk about build a position for the person who's listening to this and say, trade genius sounds really interesting to me. I, I like what I'm hearing. When you say build a position, tell the audience what you actually mean by that. Yeah. So, you know, we have trades that we put on and then we also have ones we say, these are long-term positions for you to, to, to run and manage. And so, you know, we tell people like last year, we said, get into quad U, 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 which is, um, a uranium play we told them to get in at 250 build a position in it i built a position my average price got to 350 i sold it at 10 okay and now it drifted back down to the sevens building a position back again same with mos which is the fertilizer stock same with ipi okay same with um clr and energy names so we tell people hey this is a longer term trade this is a shorter term trade so we help people with, and with crypto, our thing is 
get a hodl position and a trading position and build. And then we flip from Bitcoin centric to alt centric in our trading schemes. Mm. So we help people understand kind of the climate there as well. So we kind of help you understand the trade and also the um, what I call the secular moves. And we can help you because our indicators will work on any time frame. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask you next was, so people that say, I, I want to give Trade Genius a try and learn to do what they're doing, um, you're going to give them basically two strategies with crypto is what I'm hearing. One yep. is a long-term build it, and the next one is kind of a get what you can and get out of it. Yeah, and then the third one is trade what you want to trade using the system. Okay. And talk about that system a little bit. How do you arrive at these algorithms? Yeah, so the algorithm is really based on uh, what's called money flow and and trend. And so our algorithm is looking at what's called volatility. Our algorithm is looking at Fibonacci's. And our algorithm is looking at what's called money flow, buying pressure and selling pressure. So that all goes into a sausage maker. And it comes out to, and I'm going to send you a picture of a couple of the charts, Dave, after we're done talking, if okay. you want to throw them in your thing, to show people what it looks like. So then we express that onto a chart. And we actually show people the areas where you can buy and sell, and and or whether the market is consolidating, going into resistance, or it's going into a dip, so that you can get a better sense. And then we teach you how to use it. So okay. that's what we do. And it's really simple. And our whole goal is to make that all irrelevant to you and get you to a point where it says, oh, this is a buy and this is a sell. And then understanding it is just helpful. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Well, the one thing I can't argue with is historically, uh, Trade Genius wins two out of three trades. Yep, that's right. Do you, do you have an aggregate figure for return on investment? I know that's hard to measure, but do you have anything that you can really Yeah, to? you know, the problem is, is how invested you are. So, like, if I look at... Um, our uh, our ROI going into the end of the year here, you know, right now we're sitting at 63.03% win rate, but our annualized gains at 150.65%. Wow. That's including a six-week sell-off in, 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 in the uh, underlying marketplace. So the averages might have stayed high, but, you know, most of the stocks are under their 200-day moving average. So, so that's pretty good. So... If, if you're fully invested all the time, you'd make that return, but you're not. So I usually tell people, take that number and divide it by three, and that's probably your annualized return, okay? And that would be how much? 50? About, about 50%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, which beats the averages. Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I know a little bit about this. I, I got to say this, Bob. I know some brokers that they tell their clients that they're getting 10% return on investment. They're doing good. Well, you know, a lot of them lost money this year. I know. So, um, but anyway, that's that. But that's why you trade. You know, you, you, wow. you have to make this a business, okay? So, you know, you can't just like flitter in and out of these trades, you know. So, and that's just the trade. You know, some people have, in my system have done much, much better than that. So, um, and some have not done as well because they don't follow the rules. So, yeah. you know, yeah, you have to follow the rules if you want to make the money. Just like an exercise program, a diet, it's the same thing. You got to be somewhat disciplined. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like if you follow directions, you're going to make money. Yeah, I call, genius. I call it. You can't help but make money, and and uh, yeah. and just you, look. You have to be smart. You know, you can't you can't FOMO. You can't push all the chips and all the things that you know intuitively are right. You have to do. 
You know, like this morning, people were like, I got to get in this trade. I'm like, dude, it's going in right into resistance. Relax. It'll come back. Then you buy. So a lot of people get all excited and they, they'll buy the open when we know the first half hour, you know, a lot of that stuff pulls back. All right. So we help people kind of keep themselves from being their own worst enemy. And that's what the chat room's for and, yeah. and things of that nature to kind of help people balance, if you will. Well, the, the bundled and non-bundled items you talked about earlier that are discounted uh, for this week, uh, when you look at those, is that where people get the education on knowing how the system works? And, yeah, and... no matter what bundle you buy, you get the um, you, you get basically 25 training videos from us on basically how, to, how our system works and how you can use it. And then in addition to that, if you want to go in the VIP room, you can actually talk to us, okay? And you can day trade with us. Or you can just buy an education package and get one-on-one -on -one training. So you have choices depending right. on what you want. And we price everything. If you look at our pricing, it's just, it's very normal. I mean, some of these people that I compete with charge 10 times this amount, which I think is, is immoral. And so we try to make sure it's affordable for you because if it's not for you, I want your investment to be such that it was worth your time, but it didn't work out versus, oh my gosh, I spent all this money and it's a disaster. Yeah, I hear you. So, so that's who I am. I've been doing this now, we're going on our eighth year and I wouldn't be doing this if we haven't been treating people right. Yeah, well, besides being a good guest on my show and talking about these economic trends, you know, we've advertised for Trade Genius for years now, and I have never received one complaint, not one. Five years, Bob, not one complaint. That's that's a tip of the hat to you on this because I think people know they're being treated fairly. So the way into Trade Genius for the people who might be hearing this for the uh, first time is to get into these education items, the bundled, non-bundled items that teach you how to do what they do. And those are discounted now until the first at midnight. That's right. And then they go back to regular price. That's right. Which isn't that bad, but man, if I got a choice, I could say 40 to 65%. I know I know what I'm doing. Um, where, What is the number? Okay, you kind of said this earlier. You're directing people to fertilizer, silver, food, and uranium, correct? That's right. Okay. And I want to ask you about uranium because I think this has long-standing appeal because if we develop uranium, doesn't that translate over into nuclear power plant energy that you could sell to other nations that are really declining, like India? Yeah. I mean, look, it, um, people don't realize the United States is still the number one nuclear power uh, energy producer in the world. It's just that we're so big. You know, um, from a, but from a percentage standpoint, is um, United Kingdom and Japan and India and Russia and China are 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 rapidly, rapidly moving up into the into the top spots. You know, we have nuclear technology that um, we do share some of it. A lot of it we don't because it's really proprietary to the military. You know, we have the best small nuke plants in the world. They're sitting on aircraft carriers, and so we're not going to give that technology away. Uh, and we're not big uranium producers. So what we have, that's why Quad U is a big buy for us. We're going to protect our domestic uranium supplies and we won't be able to export it. So um, it's really it's really going to be just for us. So CCJ is Canadian. That's my number one. That's my number one position that I personally own. I sell calls against it every week until it gets back into uptrend that I don't sell. Mosaic's my number one fertilizer stock. I do the same thing with Mosaic, okay? Um, 
When silver's, I'm in AG. That's my number one silver position that I like a lot. Okay, and quad use my spec in uranium. That's the one that that can go like a race car. Okay, and then we can talk platinum and palladium next time we meet because that'll start moving too as soon as these uranium plants get built out. You know, general question too, um, encompassing all this. Um, do you think there's a parallel economy forming? Yeah, you can see, and it's and it's and it's. I think it's broken by demographic. So uh, the kids under forty are crypto centric. The people over forty are stock centric. The kids under forty are now decentralized and digital. The people over forty are still centralized and analog. And and I think under forty, I think you you went from being uh, people wanting to be liberal to being libertarian. Okay. Yeah. That's and I have true. my own sample. I have my own sample of one living with me here at age twenty. So. Um, soon to be 21 and she she is she reflects what I see the future these kids are uh, I, my friend's son just got a great job working at the Ritz Carlton and he said he goes now I have money to invest in crypto he didn't say I'm gonna put money away in the stock market he said I have money now to invest more in crypto so these kids they hate the banks they hate the bankers they hate being controlled and I think the last thing that these politicians thought this COVID overreach, it caused people now to basically now react very negatively to authoritarianism. And and I think they they probably hastened the the, the the this what I would call the civil war against the centralized bankers. Yeah, I just wonder what's gonna take its place, and that's kind of scary. And and I'm worried about these nations too that really aren't trading. Because the old saying is that when goods don't cross borders, armies do, and I'm I am worried about that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's coming. Maybe we can save that for next time we talk. We will. Okay, let's let's go back over this real quick before we close. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking to Bob Kudla of Trade Genius. And not only have I got great economic information here, he's giving you where you need to focus for investments. And you're crazy to keep your money in the bank. You need to put it to work. And Trade Genius is one of the places that do it. So, Bob, correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, the non-bundled items are 40% discounted. The education items teach you how to do what they do at your entry point, or the non-bund or the bundled items, which are 65% off. The deadline expires on January the 1st at midnight, and the coupon code to take advantage of these great sales to get you into Trade Genius cheaply is Christmas. How'd I do? You did perfect. I'm glad I passed. Well, I, I, I wish you uh, continued success with Trade Genius. I, I love these discussions because we get into things that a lot of people aren't even discussing. And uh, continue good luck with Trade Genius, and Happy New Year to you and your family. You, you too, Dave. I'll see you on the other side. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye.